0: Welcome to the Rimfire Tactical Podcast. This is your host Chris from rimfiretactical.com and I'm glad you're here. Wow, you know, we've talked in some previous episodes about the new year being 2020 and specifically um you know, it's been called lots of different things, uh, the the year of vision, the year of clarity. Um I've jokingly called it the year of Barbara Walters because I've grown up listening to TV commercials with the intro of I'm Barbara Walters and this is 2020. So anyway, um, I think what we could now call it based off what has happened over the last few weeks, I think it's safe to say that we can call this the year of the Precision 22 long rifle. Um, Man, I mean, it seems like with the SHOT Show going on right now, I cannot turn on my computer or my phone without it blowing up between emails, Facebook posts, Instagram, um, stories. It's just unbelievable. And actually, um, I'm getting quite a few texts from friends that I've got who are at SHOT Show. Um, just, you know, everybody wants a piece of the rimfire market. Um, And so I know we've talked about a few of the rifles before, but I just want to get a a quick episode out and talk about a few of the most recent announcements. Um, But before I do that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much to uh, all of you that continue to go over and join the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group. Uh, That group just keeps growing and growing. Um, I think we added either two or 300 members, uh, just over the last, uh, week, maybe even the last weekend. And so it just continues to grow and grow and grow. Uh, and so it's just really cool, uh, seeing that happen. And man, the amount of, uh, discussion and conversation taking place, the amount of engagement, it's just, uh, it's fantastic. And, As somebody, I think I mentioned this uh, maybe in the last episode, but as somebody that really kind of tracks this and compares it to, um, you know, other uh, types of groups, not just in the shooting world, but also um, business and and other things, um, it's just truly impressive what's happening there. Um, Give an update on the Rimfire Tactical uh, website rimfiretactical.com we are um, getting close to getting that form uh, launched and I know I talked about that a little bit but you know just to kind of dive into the weeds a little bit uh, the gist of it is uh, that's something that you know you can't just you know pay for the software integrate it with the URL and then boom it's there Uh, you actually have to, to spend some time on it to really uh, get everything set up properly, make sure, um, you know, everything is set up correctly with the security uh, so you can keep out all the bots and all the spam and the hackers and all that good stuff. And um, you know, the goal is to make it a, a place where we can continue the conversations, uh, continue having conversations and, and sharing like we do over on the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group but also be able to go into more detail. Um, you know, we're going to some, some guys really like to talk about politics and stuff. And although I'm a, obviously a huge supporter of the Second Amendment, um, I get a little tired of seeing all the political posts and stuff on Facebook. And But we're going to have a section there for folks to to really dive into the weeds and, and talk about that in detail. Um, obviously, there's a lot in the news right now because of what's happening in my home state of Virginia. Um, I don't live there anymore, but I still have a lot of friends and family there and, you know, seeing what's happening with their, um, governor and the, the laws that they're, well, they're not trying to push through. They voted on them before, um, anything, you know, before there could even be a, a, peaceful protest, which, uh, happened yesterday. And, um, very, very happy and thankful that it was peaceful and there weren't any uh, any incidents uh, from either side. Those, you know, supporting the new gun laws that were signed in, as well as those who were there uh, protesting and opposing it. Um, we're going to have a section for that. We're going to have a for sale section, you know, place where you can offer up your rifles and handguns, scopes, red dots. Stocks, triggers, bipods, ammo, accessories, um, and then we're going to have some dedicated forums, um, you know, for different types of shooting. And uh, ideally, we're hoping to have uh, representatives from maybe several of the different, um, the different competitions that are out there. Um, you know, like I, ideally, what we'd like to have is someone from NRL Twenty Two mm-hmm. to Um, you know, basically be able to interact with anyone that's talking about NRL 22, as well as, um, you know, asking questions about either matches or course of fire or even joining and and trying to find a match and things like that. The same thing for the Mid-Atlantic Rimfire series, the Mars series, Uh, I know Altus um, shooting, they also have uh, their own series. And so, You know, we're, we're going to do that, um, along with steel challenge and a lot of the different things that, um, are, let's face it, they continue, there's a lot that are existing and there's more and more that are being formed every single day. And again, that's tied into the reason I'm calling 2020 the year of the precision 22. Um, you know, one last update, um, I've, uh, I mentioned in the last couple of episodes about, you know, if you had suggestions for the podcast, if you had questions about the podcast, please, you know, feel free to reach out either through the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group, or you can also uh, reach out to me directly, um, through email, um, that email address is contact at com And so. Uh, a lot of folks have have reached out with some ideas on some podcasts, so you know we're we'll definitely be taking those to heart and um, you know moving in that direction. But uh, you know if you have suggestions like we've talked about, feel free to reach out and uh, you know we can go from there. We can talk about um, not just the um, you know the the items or the topics that you want to hear talked about. But also, you know, if you're a match director, shooter, um, someone in the industry, feel free to reach out. You know, be happy to talk about having you on the podcast as well. Um, The last thing as far as information about the podcast, um, you know, I've been I've shared my my frustrations with Anchor, which is the software that we use to run the podcast. And we we think we found a, a better scenario. Um, We're just trying to vet it very carefully because I feel like I've rushed a little bit when choosing Anchor. So I want to make sure that we're able to port all of our existing uh, episodes over to the new format. But also want to make sure that um, we're we're able to um, at least have the the same number of uh, outlets that we have. And possibly even you know increase that number, but to give you an idea, um, like I said, we've you know had a lot of growth on uh, the podcast, uh, you know a lot more downloads, and obviously that helps us you know, grow the platform. But you know looking at the numbers, it's kind of interesting. Um, about fifty-two percent of the uh, the folks who have downloaded or listened to an, an episode. Um, about 52% are listening through Apple Podcasts, um, iTunes, things like that. Uh, another uh, 19% are listening through Spotify, which, you know, no surprise there. It's really grown quite a bit. Um, the rest of it, what's interesting is um, there's, you know, a few people, about 7% listening through Anchor. Um, we've also got a few others that, Frankly, I'm not that uh, as familiar with, like Podcast Addict, uh, Overcast, CastBox. Not really that familiar with those. But I did want to mention, in case uh, you haven't heard, when we first launched the podcast, uh, it was not available on Podbean. And that was actually uh, surprising to me because, really, I'd never heard of Podbean until uh, Frank Galley launched the uh, Everyday Sniper Podcast on there. And um, I actually downloaded the app just to be able to listen to, to his podcast because I think Frank is hilarious. And uh, if you don't know who Frank is, he owns snipershide.com, which is a, uh, a massive uh, gun forum, shooting forum. And uh, I mean, Frank has done a phenomenal job over the last probably at this point 20 years, maybe uh, 18, 20 years or so of building that sniper's hive forum up to the point that I think I heard him say on a recent episode, there's something like, uh, you know, 800,000 or, uh, unique visitors each month to the website and just a ton of content. And, and because they, they have, or because he's done such a great job there, uh, you know, he has a lot of engagement with, uh, people from the industry. Um, you know, routinely manufacturers are on sniper's hide, engaging with, uh, shooters who are asking questions about their products. And, um, you know, that to me just says a lot about what a great job he's done. And so, um, he launched a podcast uh, a few years ago called the everyday sniper. It's an awesome Mm -hmm. podcast. I heard him say the other day, I think he's uh, approaching, 900,000 downloads or something like that, some astronomical number. But, uh, but anyway, I'd never heard of Podbean until I heard him or saw him advertising the podcast. Um, I don't remember if I saw it on Sniper Side or if I saw it on Facebook, but, but Podbean um, seems to be a, a huge outlet now for a lot of podcasts. And one of the things that a lot of people seem to really like about it is that there is an opportunity for the listener to engage and um you know make suggestions um comments things like that directly through the podbean app which you know is very similar to uh almost like what you would see through facebook or or a forum type format so at this point we just uh just got launched um i guess a month or two ago and um uh, but like I said, you know we are on Podbean now, and a few folks have found this. Uh, you know, it's not a huge percentage right now. About 3% of our listeners are coming from Podbean. But if you are someone that typically that's where you listen to uh, podcasts, just know you can find us there now. Just look us up at Rimfire Tactical. So let's get rolling on all these new products that are coming out at SHOT Show, all the stuff that just continues to roll out. Now, if you're a member of the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group, you've probably already heard about a lot of this because you know so many of the members of the group, not only are they plugged in to the industry, but a lot of them are actually at SHOT Show right now. And uh, more than anything, a lot of them, I guess the best way to say it, is a lot of them are every bit as active and um, engaged when it comes to precision rimfire as uh, anyone you you would want to meet. Um, And specifically, what I wanted to talk about with today's episode, is I wanna talk about just the number of rifles. We're not even gonna go into the stocks and things like that, because we've talked about those before. I wanna talk about the number of rifles that are being introduced. And I think for all intents and purposes, all of these rifles, they're coming to market because of the success of two different entities. They're coming to market because of the success of, um, I believe, the NRL 22 um, matches and series. And I believe a lot of these are coming to market because of the success of Voodoo Gunworks. And a lot can be said, rightfully so, uh, I might add, about the hand-in-hand success of NRL 22, um, that going you know hand-in-hand with the success of Voodoo and vice versa. I think Voodoo had the, the perfect timing when you know they, they launched the company uh, that it just so happened the NRL 22 series had had recently launched and. You know, that was just a real um, twist of fate, you might say, that this new series came out, the series where people are so excited about it. It's a way to use 22s to train and compete, just like using centerfires in a PRS-type match. You know, just a phenomenal scenario. And to combine that with the fact that you've got these... um, Full-size trainers, you know, these Voodoo rifles that are capable of incredible accuracy, but they are a true full-size trainer. So you can you can swap out stocks and chassis with your, your centerfire PRS gun. You can swap out optics if you want, triggers. You're using the same style magazines, the same size magazines. So everything about those rifles is you know, it's making a true-to-form trainer for the centerfire. And from what I can tell with all the different rifles that are coming out, um, it's, it's clear that everybody wants a piece of the rimfire pie these days. Um, you know, let's talk first about um, some of the rifles that were announced a few weeks ago. Um, you know, CZ, at this point, CZ has their 457 model that is now available in a chassis, um, clearly geared towards the precision market. Um, you know, there's some other options that have been out for a little while. Uh, I believe it was area 419. I believe they offered the CZ 455 barreled action, uh, in a, an in sorry, I can't talk today. MPA chassis. Um, you know, it was an awesome rifle. Uh, I've seen lots of people post that have those and, and they've had great results with them. Um, albeit, you know, it's an expensive rifle. Um, but, you know, at this point, I don't think a lot of us look at .22s quite the way that maybe we used to, or the way that we were, heard them talked about before, as it was a cheap way to train. It's still inexpensive to shoot 22 long rifle ammo, even if you're shooting match ammo, compared to going out and shooting centerfire. Um, but now, with all the new rifles that are coming out, the, uh, the cost of getting that rifle maybe is, is a bit more than it used to be. But, um, you know, I'm sure CZ probably looked at the success of the area 419 rifle and said, Hey, you know, we could just go ahead and throw our own barreled action, uh, into a chassis and sell it ourselves and, you know, probably do quite well there, especially when they were, they're looking at the success they've had with their manner stock rifles so CZ's got their chassis rifle, um, you know, a few years ago, Ruger brought out their um, the Ruger American, although I think they call it the Ruger Precision Rimfire, uh, and they put that in a chassis and, you know, it's had mixed results. Um, some people truly love them, others haven't had the best success with them, but uh, clearly it shows that there was a, you know, there's a demand in the market for that rimfire rifle from the factory and the chassis, so, you know, the fact that CZ's got theirs out, just you know proves here it is you know here's another option and you know that's a rifle that's geared more towards competition not too many of us are going to take a chassis rifle uh out you know uh, we might take it to the range to play with but and, and shoot you know whether we're plinking or competing but we're probably not going to take a um a rifle that's in a chassis and and take it hunting you know or anything like that so just a testament to um the growth of NRL 22 and how it's driving innovation within the the marketplace. You know, Savage, Savage rolled out a, um, a chassis 22 as well. And, you know, I've heard some, some good reviews on that one. Um, haven't seen one in person yet. I'm sure I will before long, but, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to be really happy with it, especially at the price point. Um, Savage rifles typically have a, a pretty good reputation for accuracy. Um, and so I, I can see that one doing quite well for them. I think it will definitely, uh, at the price point it's at, I think it will definitely give the Ruger precision, a pretty good run for its money. Um, you know, talking about Ruger, they, they did bring out that, uh, precision rifle a few years ago. And, you know, it, it like I said, it's been, um, it's been a mixed bag of responses. Some people love it, have great success with it. Uh, I know one gentleman uh, took his and if I remember correctly, uh, I think he may have changed the barrel, but, you know, he said an ELR, uh, uh, extreme long distance, um, record with it. So, uh, I've, I've seen lots of discussion about the tweaks and things that you can do with it. And like I said, some people have had great success, others, not so much, but you know, that's life and. Ruger is obviously a huge manufacturer, so they're turning those things out probably about as fast as they can get them built. And, you know, anytime you speed up production like that, you're going to have a few lemons uh, that come out. But clearly, you know, they've seen you know a demand in the market. Because of that demand in the market, and I assume probably because of some of the issues that they've experienced with the RPRs, they have rolled out a new uh, Ruger American 22 um, say, uh, this rifle, you know, appears to be more built towards the, the precision market as well. Uh, I believe it's got a 20 or 22 inch I think It's 22 inch heavy barreled American action, um, bull barrel for those of us that are a little bit older and, um, it's coming in a stock that it's a laminate stock. That's basically, um, some, it, it's very similar to one that they're offering for their centerfires. You know, it's got some uh, textured coating on it. Uh, think of it kind of like a, almost like what Boyd's does with their uh, pro varmint stocks, uh, kind of a bedliner liner type uh, texture to it. But it does have an adjustable cheek piece. And, um, you know, I, I feel like this is a rifle that they are putting together to give the rifle more heft, you know, more, a little bit more weight, a little bit of a longer barrel. And uh, you know clearly they're marketing this rifle towards people who are looking for a rimfire trainer that has the the look and feel of their centerfire rifle. Um, the rifle uses Ruger's standard 1022 magazines, and you know for the most part, I mean those magazines are just phenomenal. Um, I don't know you know some of us do occasionally see some issues with. magazines maybe the spring being a little bit weak as so as it's pushing the the round um or when the the bolt's engaging the top round and it's coming out of the magazine occasionally you'll get a scenario where the um the feed ramp or uh, the lips is a better way to say it on the magazine will actually shave a little bit of lead off the bullet uh doesn't seem to be consistent with every single magazine but you know some of the ones the weaker spring that does tend to be you know, something that, uh, you know, occasionally causes some issues. And, and, you know, because it does shave a little bit of lead, it deforms the bullet a little bit. And I think that sometimes leads to, um, you know, some people who are using either a Ruger 1022 or a kid or a Volkhortson or whatever, or even, you know, some of the bolt-action rifles, um, they tend to maybe see a little bit less accuracy out of the rifle than they should. Um, but ultimately that 10 round rotary magazine from Ruger, it's, um, it's about as good as it gets, you know, for simplicity and for a flesh fitting magazine. But, you know, again, Ruger seems to see the market, um, you know, that there's a market there and, and really what I look at with anything like this, I look at it from the standpoint that if the market weren't there, not just now. Um, because I mean you know as a manufacturer you can't live and die by what's current and trendy right this moment. Um, there's something to be said for for seeing what's happening in the marketplace now but if if they don't see enough value for the to make a, a commitment into the research development, uh, the marketing, you know bringing a new product to life and, and to market, if they can't see you know a value in that for not just now, but for years to come, you know most of the time, your large manufacturers aren't going in that direction because it's just you know the cost of entry is too high, so with Ruger you know offering that barreled action, which you know I'm, i feel confident it's probably the same barreled action that they're offering in the the Ruger American uh varmint model, I think's what they call it, but uh the difference being it's a twenty two inch barrel versus uh, a shorter barrel on those. And then, um, you know, adapting a uh, stock to, to look like their centerfire options with a very similar stock. You know, that, that takes a little time and, and obviously some, some money and some commitment there. Um, so those are a few of the, um, I guess you could say, off-the-shelf type rifles that I've, I've seen, um, you know, announced over the last several weeks. But then there is a whole different breed uh, rifles that I've seen coming out. And uh, I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, some comments on them online, but you know, what's amazing to me is the number of custom actions that are coming out that are geared towards NRL 22 type uh, shooting. And, um, Oh, Oh, before I forget, there is one other manufacturer and there's not a whole lot out there right now. Um, but Hawa has announced a uh, that they're bringing a uh, Precision 22 to market. Um, like I said, there's not a whole lot of information that I've been able to find on it. From what I can tell, it looks a lot like a, uh, it resembles the CZ455 action quite a bit. And um, I believe it's using CZ magazines. But, um, you know, Howa has a really good reputation uh, for, for making a very accurate rifle um, keeping the cost down. And so, you know, I can see those going quite well, um, for them. And, you know, this this was announced several months ago, but I'll throw it into the mix, uh, as well. Uh, Bergara brought out their B14R, um, in, I believe it was fourth quarter of last year, or they announced it earlier in the year, but I think that started shipping sometime in, um, maybe November or so. And from what I've seen, um, you know they seem to have a, a pretty good um, offering uh, A lot of people are uh, talking about them quite a bit and getting some great results uh, in the accuracy department. A lot of people are also kind of following suit with what uh voodoo kind of introduced to the world uh several years ago. You know they're taking those bagars, pulling them out of the factory stock, putting those in you know chassis whether it's an m p a chassis or and And uh, accuracy international chassis for all 700 short action or whatever, but they're getting those you know into different um, stocks and chassis um, I've seen some people having a few issues with the trigger tech triggers, but I think some of the other triggers maybe the elfman and, and some of the others seem to be working okay and um, you know like I said just goes to show there's there's a commitment coming from these ma- major manufacturers to to get into the the precision rim fire market. Now, another one, um, and I'm jumping all over the place because I was going to, I was going to start talking about the custom guns, but, but, uh, I just happened to think or remember about one that was announced uh, a couple days ago, Christensen arms, who is traditionally, uh, I think of Christensen as uh, kind of the first company that I remember coming to market, offering a carbon wrap barrel and, uh, I think of them more so as a company that offers lightweight hunting rifles um, than anything else, but they offer uh, several rifles and chassis and, and different things. And, and not all their offerings are carbon wrap barrels. They have steel barrels as well. Um, But they announced that they are bringing out a model. I believe it's called the Ranger. And this is a, um, it's a neat looking rifle um it's a it's chambered of course in 22 long rifle it's got a carbon wrap barrel um i believe there everything i saw on the website says it's an 18 inch barrel um the stock that is on the rifle is uh, it's carbon fiber stock designed really for uh, you know to help keep the weight down and if I remember correctly, I think the they're advertising it as taking any Model 700 uh, trigger. Um, with a, I believe the weight is around 5.1 pounds for a bare rifle. And you know, the the couple things that stand out about the rifle, um, that weight is very desirable for uh, anyone that's smaller stature. That could be uh, kids that could be, uh, ladies that could be guys, you know, but, um, I think it it sounds like it would be ideal for a, a, lightweight hunting rig. Um, I also think that, you know, with the shorter barrel and the stock that they've put together, I can totally see it being something that could be used in NRL 22 and similar type, uh, competitions. Uh, it's got a low, lower, I guess you could say, entry point compared to the Begara and several of the other rifles that are out, including like the, the CZ 457s, the the ones coming in the Manor stocks. Uh, the MSRP is uh, $795. I'm sure the first ones that are coming out will probably sell for $795, but, uh, you know, more than likely the street price will probably be in the mid sixes uh, to low sevens, and, uh, you know. It's uh, it's a neat option. Um, quite frankly, it's what I had in mind, although not from Christensen per se, but with my lightweight Voodoo, which uh, it's the Voodoo V22 Action. Uh, it's got a proof research 20-inch uh, barrel on it. And and right now it's in an all-composite stock. Uh, it's an all-composite uh, lightweight carbon fiber stock that's... Um, if I remember correctly, I can't remember the weight on it, but, um, uh, so that way I won't mess this up, but you know, the voodoo V 22 action, I mean, it's, it's a stout action. So, uh, my proof rifle, um, proof research and rifle from, uh, from voodoo, this one, I, I call it the stealth. They refer to it as the black magic. Um, you know, it's going to weigh more than this Christensen, but really what I had in mind when creating or, or, asking voodoo to build the rifle the way that they did for me. I had in mind a lightweight uh, 22 with exceptional accuracy, one that I could take hunting, I could shoot silhouettes. Um, I could also shoot NRL type matches. So uh, you know the Christensen checks a lot of boxes. Uh, now the interesting thing about the Christensen is a lot of companies are trying to bring their rifles out taking a full-size AICS-style magazine like Voodoo brought to market several years ago, um, Christensen took a different approach. They've actually built this rifle to use Ruger 1022 22 magazines. So for a lot of us that have had one or two or 12 Rugers through the years, um, you know, 1022s. 22s Uh, There's a good chance, you know, there's probably more Ruger 1022 magazines um, sitting in safes across the United States than any other Remfire magazine, just because it seems like you can, you would have to look really hard to find someone who has never owned a Ruger, um, partially because of their price point. Also because, you know, they're, they're so much fun in stock form, but you can do so many different things to them. So you know, the fact that Christensen is going to use the, the Ruger 10-22 magazines, um, I can see that going very well for them. I can also see some people complaining, uh, much you know, for the same reason I talked about previously with, um, you know, some issues with uh, the 10-22 magazines occasionally shaving a little bit of lead off the bullet. But all in all, I see that rifle doing exceptionally well. And um, I think the only thing that would hold it back would be if, the accuracy isn't there. And, you know, if the accuracy isn't there, that will definitely, um, that will slow down some sales for a bit. But then the other thing that would, that would really, I guess, more than anything impact it would be, you know, how Christensen chooses to handle the customer service side and getting things fixed. Um, That is, that's been the hallmark of I feel uh, voodoo not the voodoo. I've heard of a lot of people having issues with them, but the way that handle the, the way that voodoo handles their customer service, and that's everything from calling in, asking questions about, you know, hey, I'm thinking about buying a rifle or having you guys build one, to I've got one, and I've got a few issues. Their customer service is what systems apart from everyone else. And not every company operates that way, but I think if, uh, if Christensen, you know, can, can handle the customer service side, um fairly well. I see that being a a really good seller for them. But um uh, but anyway, let's talk about the um um you know some of these custom actions that are coming out. Um the first one that comes to mind is uh um I've always think of them as bighorn actions but Zermat is actually the, the parent company of Bighorn uh, rifle actions and so they I guess they're doing away with the bighorn name name and um, now they've got this Zermat action coming out. And what's, um, what's neat about this rifle is that it does take an AICS size magazine. Um, it's not using a voodoo magazine. Uh, it's using one that's very similar, but a bit modified. And, um, the thing about the Zermatt is, uh, if you're familiar at all with bighorn actions, they, they're known for having a, a great, Center fire action where you can change out bolt heads uh, and, and change calibers very easily um, by going, you know, by just swapping out a bolt head. And when I say very easily, I'm talking about going from, a, for example, a 308 or a, a 6.5 Creedmoor or, or maybe a 6mm Creedmoor uh, head stamp. And you could change bolt heads and, and barrels and drop down to 223 or 224 Valkyrie. Um, or you could also, you know, change, um, uh, you could do just so many different things with it and they've adapted, um, their rimfire offering to do the same thing. So you can swap out bolt heads and go from a 22 long rifle or a 17 Mach 2. You can change those bolt heads out and go to, um, and also I guess 22, uh, Magnum and 17 HMR. And you can switch that bolt head and suddenly you're shooting 17 WSM, the Winchester short magnum. And um, I think that is it's incredibly innovative. Um, I can see that probably, you know, being a, a strong seller, um, you know, hoping, of course, that the, the ammunition that's out in the world in that caliber um, is capable of the accuracy that, you know, anyone purchasing a custom gun like this is looking for. Um, I know Mike Bush from voodoo has been very adamant about, uh, the fact that voodoo has no desire to offer a rifle in 17 WSM, even though a ton of us, myself included, have asked for it. And the reason for that, he's even uh, put out some videos kind of going into more detail, but you know, the, uh, uh, the abbreviated version is basically just the design of the round. Um, it doesn't lend itself to being quite as accurate. Uh, it's um, because of the the design, you know, the the actions are, are the bolts are much stiffer. And, um, you know, like I said, Mike's been very adamant about, you know, Voodoo isn't going to put something out that they they don't want their name on because it doesn't perform as well as it should. It doesn't shoot as well, whatever the case may be. Um, but Bighorn bringing this out and offering us a barreled action uh, or standalone action, you know, I can, see that, um, I can see that going well for them. And the fact that it's, you know, a Model 700 short action clone, you know, it's going to give you the ability to take that rifle or that barreled action, I should say, and use any Model 700 trigger, any, um, any chassis or stock design for Model 700, so that interchangeability, that will, you know, definitely, um, go well for them. Um, you know, the price point, it's about the same as, uh, as a voodoo. Um, uh, I think the barreled actions, or I'm sorry, I think the actions themselves are maybe in the $1,200 range. Uh, don't quote me on that. I think a barreled action is supposed to be somewhere in the neighborhood around seventeen or 1800 So prices are very similar to, uh, to a voodoo or, or any custom action, um, Another one that uh, has been announced is the Curtis um, rifle. And I can't remember what Curtis is calling it, so forgive me. Um, But Curtis, their center or their center fires, uh, they have a couple different actions. I think the Axiom is one of them. But um, Curtis sponsors a lot of PRS shooters. And um, I think it's just interesting that what they've done is they've partnered with Voodoo to use Voodoo magazines. Uh, so, of course, it's uh, a Model 700-style um, action. So you still get all the same things with the others, Voodoo and all the others. Um, Model 700-style trigger uh, fits in any stock or chassis that will work with the Model 700. So that, that 700 footprint, I think that's kind of the, the way that a lot of companies are going to go in the future. Um, but, you know, given the, the shooter the ability to do um, really anything with it, And from what I understand, Curtis is offering this as a conversion uh, right now. It's basically, they're offering it as a conversion for their existing center fires. And then um, you can get the conversion with the bolt, um, you know, different bolts, obviously the Voodoo magazines and, um, and change the barrel out from your, your PRS rig and you're ready to go. Now what I'm I'm sure will happen before long is you're going to see them offer this as a standalone, um, you know, rifle and barreled action. I mean, you know, given the market be crazy not to do that at this point, but, um, you know, that's another one that, you know, is definitely, you know, going to make its way out into the world. And then, um, you know, from there, as long as the performance is there, I can see that one doing fairly well. You know, every brand has, uh, fans and people who are, are big promoters of their products. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, Anschutz. Um, I've had great experience with Sako or Seiko rifles in the past. Um, I like Coopers. I think they're beautiful rifles. Um, there's no it's no secret how i feel about kid and Valcourtson, and and obviously i'm a huge fan of voodoo rifles um and so you know we're all going to have our our brands that we prefer and a lot of it's because of the experience we've had either we've won matches because we shot a certain rifle or even if it wasn't that we shot that rifle we we, we happen to be shooting the rifle when we won the match or maybe we had a bad experience with one manufacturer you know, there was some customer service issues and they didn't help us. And another manufacturer did, there's all kinds of things out there like that. Um, But I, I think, you know, for a lot of people who are passionate uh, fans of Curtis actions, I think this will be a, you know, a go-to for them. Um, The last one that uh, um, that's coming to mind. And if I've missed one, shoot me an email, send me a message on Facebook, let me know, you know, and I'll, I'll definitely circle back to it, but uh, ultimatum, Uh, Precision. They have brought out a new 22-based action. Um, It's based on the Model 700 uh, footprint. A couple things they've done, they're a little bit different. Uh, It's got a 60-degree bolt throw. It's a three-lug bolt with a 60-degree bolt lift. And for those of you that aren't sure why that matters, um, most of the Model 700-style actions uh, are a two-lug bolt. And what that means is when you lift the bolt to cycle around, the bolt handle goes up 90 degrees. And um, the reason that 60 degrees is a very popular one um, with a lot of shooters, myself included, I love the 60 degree bolt throw, is the bolt handle doesn't go up so high, so you don't run the risk of interfering with um, the uh, objective, uh, I'm sorry, the ocular uh, lens on, or housing on your scope. Um, I know as an example on, my, um, one of my voodoo's, um, I had a throw lever on a coloscope. I had that throw lever on backwards, totally my fault, not paying attention when I put it on. And because of the way that I had it on there, whenever I had the magnification turned up on that scope, if I had it turned up too high, that throw lever would be in the way. So when I would go to work the bolts, the bolt would actually, the bolt handle would hit the throw lever so I couldn't cycle. And, um, you know, like I said, when, that, when I put it on, I didn't think about it until I was actually practicing for a match. And I was like, what in the world is the problem here? Who designs this stuff? And then, you know, I figured out it was uh, the classic um, error of me. Uh, I put the thing on backwards. Um, I had it curved the wrong way or the curve of the, the throw handle the wrong way. But, you know, that was my fault. But there are a number of optics that come with uh, some sort of a um, a tail. It's typically a lot of uh, the manufacturers call it that, you know, something screwed into the magnification ring to help grab it and turn it very quickly. And so a 90 degree bolt throw, sometimes the, the bolt handle will hit that. So the ultimatum action offering the 60 degree. The bolt handle doesn't come up as high, you don't run into any interference with the scope. It's a pretty good idea. Um, so, they're offering their ultimatum, uh, they're calling it the ultimatum deuce. And uh, you know, looks to me like it's a, a really nice action, uh, it, it looks to be really impressive. Uh, you know, they're coming in, uh, their price point. Uh, The MSRP on it is a little bit lower um, on the barreled action. Looks like they're doing about the same, about 1200 bucks for a bare action, Uh, but their barreled actions are coming in. Um, Just looking here, I finally got my computer up uh, just to make sure that I'm telling you correctly. I believe it is, yeah, 1600 bucks for a a barreled action. Um, The one thing as I'm looking at it though, now I'm not a hundred percent sure on is the magazine. And I should have looked at this before I even started talking about it, but that's my fault. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's another custom action. It's one that's coming out. Um, you know, obviously designed completely around the, um, the precision 22 world, you know, one that's built for NRL 22 and, um, let's face